Hello. You are listening to the Carol Connection. With your host, Jerry Carol. Hey everybody, welcome to The Carol Connection. I'm your host, Jared Carroll, here to bring you guys another great episode. I did want to take a chance to shout out last week's episode, episode 171, with Samuel Longbottom. He is a boat builder, and he came on the podcast specifically to talk about sobriety. And we talked about his journey through addiction, specifically alcohol addiction, and why it's beneficial to kind of put down the booze and try to work through that and some of the the after effects of the addiction. It was a really powerful episode. You can check it out at thecarolconnection.simplecast.com. Also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms. If you want to watch your podcast, go on YouTube, search The Carol Connection, or at Jared M. Carroll, and it should pop up. And if you want to be a guest or return as a guest, hit me up on Instagram, at Jared M. Carroll, or at The Carol Connection, and we'll set that up. So that brings me to episode 172 with Hope Shanley. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad we could uh, set this podcast up. I got to give uh, the shout outs to to Wally from the Ever Changing Vibe. Got to give some shout outs to Sean Rivers and as well as Billy G. Yeah, we kind of have this little network of <laughs> guests that we've kind of been uh, sharing and doing different podcasts with. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that we were able to set up today. And especially considering you just dropped a song. Yes. I know you didn't do it on purpose, but it works out really perfectly <laughs> for, for doing content and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to get into some of your, your music. Yeah. We're going to get into some stuff about faith, maybe some social media stuff. Cool. But I'd like to open the podcast with a little bit, well, before I get to the family dynamic, just quick little thing about who you are and what you're doing currently. All right. Well, my name is obviously, like we said, I think Hope Shanley. Yeah. Um, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm uh, pursuing a country music career. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm a worship leader at my church. Um, I play the guitar. I'm pretty much, I don't know, I, I'm i just me in all forms, for sure. But I guess to everyone, I am a country singer and a Christian. So those are my two biggest things I think about me. And I'm just going with the flow right now and releasing music whenever it comes to my heart and hoping that people like it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into um, more as we go through the podcast about that specifically. Mm -hmm. So how I like to open up the podcast, I like to talk about family dynamic and talk about uh, the reason why I talk about family dynamic. So when we're talking about your life story here, we're talking about everything that goes from the beginning all the way up. And I, how I like to picture it is I always use this kind of corny cliche of when you're talking about building a house, we talk about the foundation first. Mm -hmm. And our childhood, our upbringing is that foundation. And I find it important to at least touch on a little bit just to see where everyone comes with because everyone has different family dynamics. Yeah. So with, with whatever you're comfortable with sharing, I'll let you kind of take the floor and we'll dive into this a little bit. Okay. So just how I grew up? My yeah. Yeah. However, however much detail you want to give, okay, feel comfortable doing that. Um, so I grew up with, so I have my, so my parents have been divorced since I was four years old. Um, so I've grown up with, you know, separate households. I have an older sister, an older brother, an older half brother. Um, but I mean, I don't like to call them my half brother, brothers and sisters. Um, so yeah, I grew up, you know, with the normal, I guess, I don't know if I should say normal, but dynamics of living under divorced parents, um, the struggles that obviously come with that. Um, it's hard to 
vaguely go over it all, but I will say that that definitely has been like a core factor in um, just just what has built my character and things that I've gone through and learned from and examples that were, you know, made and set and stuff to learn from or, you know, strive for. So, yeah, I guess I guess it wasn't a picture perfect growing up for sure. I'm sure nobody has that, but um we'll say it definitely made me pretty tough and definitely learned a lot and it's still something that um you know sometimes is hard for me not from the divorce itself but because um when a family is broken in forms there is a lot of aftermath to that um and not to say that it's anyone's fault I don't like to put the blame on anyone but there definitely is a lot of consequence from that and um it's definitely been very apparent in my upbringing but it would not change a thing. And I'm very grateful for both my parents and my siblings. And I think that we've all grown so, so much. Thank God. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that the older that we get, we get a little bit closer too. So, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you being willing to dive into this too, because yeah. it's obviously not the easiest thing to one, start off a podcast with and two, um, it's your family. It's personal. Right. So like, Obviously, we don't go into the crazy details here without people's permissions, obviously. But Mm -hmm. I think talking about that family dynamic and the structure is valuable because I have people from different walks of life who come from different backgrounds. And I think it's always important to hit on the fact of like how different the structures can be. Like obviously for me, my parents were together. They were still together to this day. Mm -hmm. And that definitely allowed me opportunities to succeed in different areas that not everyone is privileged to get. And I've actually been able to appreciate that more and more as I've done the podcast from people being willing to open up about this stuff, because it is obviously, like I said, personal, but it's important to acknowledge this when we're talking about your life, obviously, because it plays a huge factor in how you grew up. And I just like, always want to appreciate people for being willing to talk about that because it's not an easy thing to, to, to dive into. Yeah, absolutely. As we kind of walk through like some of your childhood stuff, Mm -hmm. let's dive into a little bit with like sports, hobbies, kind of things you did to make friends, maybe stuff that you enjoyed when you were growing up and uh, we'll dive into some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I never did sports. Um, I think maybe if I had the opportunity more, I would have, um, I don't know. It was always just like, oh, we don't have the money or just don't even, it wasn't really a question. So, I mean, I've been singing as long as I can remember. So naturally I've been artistic and usually you see like a kid going one way or the other, I feel like, but to me, I feel like I, you know, definitely am athletic in certain ways and also very artistic and enjoy being active and stuff. Um, so it was just, you know, like at home gymnastics and dancing around the kitchen and the front yard and, um, you know, just making fun out of whatever we had. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would say I did to make friends. We could dive into the music stuff. So did that start at like a really early age? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, people always ask me like, when did you start singing? I'm like, as long as I can remember, but um, I just have like a core memory from when I, I think I was eight years old 
And I was like singing on the school bus. And someone was like, you sound good. Sing that for my friend. And I was like, okay. And um, yeah. So from that point on, I just remember like, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I was like born with it. Like I just like always like knew I could sing even before I could comprehend it. Um, before I even really like knew how to open my mouth, you know, I don't know. Cause it never was like, Oh my God, it just came out of my mouth. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah, I sang like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, as long as I could remember, I've, I've been singing and I picked up the guitar slash ukulele when I was like 12 or 13. Um, then I like couldn't really actually play it. it. Took a few years, learned the ukulele, and then picked up guitar and then explored, you know, piano and stuff like that. So I'm like very mediocre at like a lot of little things. <laughs> but the only sport I've ever done was I did field hockey freshman year in high school. And but I will say I spent a lot, a lot of time. I still love basketball. Um outside like my apartments, we had a basketball hoop and now we actually have a half court. So it's nice. But like, I grew up playing basketball with the neighbors and stuff with the guys down the street and stuff. So that's about as sporty as I got <laughs> big into like Celtics basketball at all. Or do you just like the sport, just playing the sport? A I mean, bit? I definitely don't follow sports that much, but I do enjoy it when I watch it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so. sense. Uh, what's we're getting a little kickback on the mic. So Ooh, you could put your sorry. Uh, Stanley up there. I don't really care about if it um, blocks my fake Stanley. You didn't have to expose yourself like that. <laughs> I was trying to do you a solid. Um, it doesn't sound bad, but I didn't want to go the whole podcast Thanks and do, do you that. that. No, don't worry. Um, and I don't want to disrupt the TikTok live that we have going on here. <laughs> Shout out to the listeners on TikTok. Um, but yeah, with the the music stuff, that sounds really great that it kind of was just natural to you. And mm. like, did you, you didn't take any lessons, did you? No. Um, I did my first singing lessons last year, um, but we really focused on marketing more because she was like, oh, you can already sing. So I was like, okay. Did you ever like perform it at school at all? And like any like talent shows Uh, or anything where you just kind of like, I think the earliest age I like performed was, um, maybe it was sixth grade. I did like one thing where I like sang this girl is on fire by Alicia Keys. (laughs) And I remember I was like, I can't believe I just did that. And we were like, dancing we had this whole choreography and it was like me and my friend um and then after that I did like the eighth grade talent show a couple times and um I think once I was like four, 13 14 I was you know did a few open mics and stuff it was like the scariest puke my brains out thing I've ever done like and I just I kept doing it but it was still terrifying so that's when I guess I started kind of going in front of people did you ever have like a uh, bad performances when you're doing that? Cause, like I can imagine <laughs> yeah. that was kind of scary, especially early on. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like it's weird. Like, cause I, I obviously like everyone has nerves. I feel like, but mine were like bad, which is weird because going into it, I'm not scared of the actual like happening of it. Like I'm like, okay, I know that I can sing. I know that I can do this. Like, nobody wants me to fail. Like, you know, mentally, like, there's no issue. But whenever I got on the stage, it's like, I just, like, black out, you know? And, like, my whole body sends tingles. And, like, all of a sudden, like, my voice cracks anytime I open it. And, like, it. so to me, it was, like, every time I got up in front of people, it was, like, the worst experience, like, imaginable. But then I'd get, you know 
applause and, and compliments after and all the stuff. And I'm like, you know, I would just like run and cry because it was like, like, it just was the worst feeling. But I will say every single time that I got back up and did it again, it got like slightly better slightly 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 and now i still get nerves a little bit but like now you know i can get up on stage without thinking about it and it's fun and like i'm like i knew that it would just take a certain amount of times to get to the point where like i just don't feel that way anymore and yeah it's the repetition of it i think i think that's very important to hit on especially when you're getting into music or trying to get into any like type of content too or a sport or the gym it's the repetition aspect of doing the Mm. thing and it sounds especially for getting in front of people was like obviously one of those big hurdles for you early on because obviously if you if anyone listens to her music it's very good um you had the voice you knew you had the voice it was just getting the confidence behind being on stage in front of people Mm because like you said you were getting the applause it was just that that factor of being on the stage yeah it's kind of like that it's it's traditional stage fright almost it sounds like yeah it it was so bizarre and I almost like still can't wrap my head around it because I realized I wasn't actually nervous of what I was doing I was nervous that I would get nervous because I knew what happened when I got nervous I you know I got shaky I couldn't even like I was like out of my body you know like I, I just felt like I could not sing at all I couldn't sing and like all those mistakes that I felt like I made like you know, half the time people didn't notice, but like, to me, it was like the end of the world. And so I was like, how the heck do I get over my fear of being fearful? Like, it makes no sense, but I, it's just, I always like to say that I am like way too self-aware and it scares me. And it's like a vicious cycle because I know myself too well. And then it just puts me in more trouble. Like, (laughs) I totally, as someone who, like so try to preach self-awareness yeah. like that is the danger of self-awareness <laughs> yeah. is actually being too aware to the point Set where it, it can be out. yeah it can yeah. be crippling yeah. and <laughs> i've gone through that and like i've even had to work through some of that stuff in therapy is where like you know you did something wrong but you you accept that it's wrong but you don't care that you did it was wrong and you're just like yeah that was wrong i won't do it again but i'm not sorry that i did it this way right and it's like yeah, but I also know that that thought process isn't healthy as well. Right. And it's like you just keep spiraling and spiraling and spiraling yeah. and it's 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 this constant cycle that's not actually truly healthy and yeah. represents what self-awareness should be. Right. Self-awareness should be acknowledging kind of the things that you do right and wrong mm-hmm. and what you should be better at and stuff like that, not to the point where you're spinning in circles inside your head trying yeah. not to black out during a, <laughs> yeah. when you're singing and stuff like that. Yeah. That's like a crazy concept but i think it's it hits on the point though that you're you're very self-aware with where you are in your your talent especially at an early age it sounds like that you were pretty confident in your singing ability but getting the experience in front of people was something that you had to work through mm-hmm. so as you went through kind of the rest of middle school and high school uh did you start thinking that this could possibly turn into a career yeah for sure i think you know since I mean, I, I, I can't tell you, like, how far back the dream goes. Again, like I said, it always was just, like, an innate feeling. But, you know, up until I was, I think, like, a you know, like a senior in high school, up until then, it was kind of like a hidden, squashed dream. Like, everyone, like, knew it, 
But, like, we couldn't talk about it because it was like, oh, no, but Hope's going to go to college and Hope's, no, yeah, but she'll always be a singer, you know, but she's going to, you know, do real world stuff. And, like, I was like, uh-huh, yep, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit in an office. Like, that is not me, you know? That's just not who I am. And so I always just had to, like, follow that script a little bit, um, a little bit you know, more just from obviously societal standards, but also like my mother, you know, adjusting to the reality of what I was pursuing. And it's, it's now real for her. And, um, she has, you know, now she's one of my biggest supporters and, and my dad too. And, but, um, yeah, so it was kind of like everyone knew and she knew my heart and my passion for it. And like, we would sit down and watch you know, Taylor Swift marathons, and she'd be like, that's gonna be you, that's you, and I'm like, I know, like, and so it's like, we'd, like, talk about it, and then we'd, like, put it under the rug, and then it was when I went to South Carolina and got inspired, and my followers have probably heard me talk about this a bunch of times, but just, like, I saw this band, it was really cool, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this, like, for real, and I was like, I can't go to college. I can't. And that's why I wrote Blood Run Seaver. Mama, I don't want to go to college. And that was my first country single. And it's my biggest hit. And that's how I told my mom I wasn't going to college. And so from there on out, it was like, we're doing this, you know, and it's taken a lot of adjusting. But um, now it's like what everyone knows me for. So yeah, it's like, I gotta do it. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty powerful to, yeah. to turn that moment into, into music, yeah. like to be able to kind of use that song as your way to kind of be like, yeah, I'm not going to follow the traditional path. Cause like, obviously with the flow of the conversation, the next question would have been like, why or why not go to college? So I kind of want to know a little bit, what was that initial conversation like when, and how difficult was it to, to kind of let her know or let your family know in general that college isn't for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly don't really know what maybe my siblings thought. I think they probably were like, yeah, no shot. She's going to college. But, you know, I had, I would like kind of privately talk to my dad and be like, are you with me on this? Like, cause like, listen, like, I know I can do this. Like whatever it means. Like, even if this singing stuff doesn't work out, like, I, I remember I sat down with him and we went and got, you know, wings or something. And I was like, I was so passionately talking to him. I was like, dad, like whatever it takes, whatever it means, I know that I can walk into somewhere and get a job wherever it is, whatever it means, I will, I will do it. Like, I know that I can. It's like, things are just literally at the palm of your hands. Like if you just go and do something, you can, you know, I know how to talk to people. Like I will survive. I will be fine regardless. Like I can't go to college. I can't. I was like, I know I'll be fine. And he's like, yeah, I agree with you basically. And I was like, okay. And then it was like, I forget if this was before or after. I think it was, it must've been after I wrote the song. Um, and I don't remember if it, if my mom had already listened to it or not, but even after I showed her the song and it was released and everything. And, you know, it took her like probably two months or something to like really understand what was going on. So there wasn't, everyone asked me, Oh, how did your mom respond? And what was that conversation like? And I'm like, I, like we've had just several conversations over the course of 
you know, a few months and even to this day. So it's like, it was a gradual process. It wasn't as romanticized as the song made it, but, um, yeah, it's, it just took a, a lot of patience and, and talking and understanding and like, you know, now we can kind of laugh about it in hindsight, like, like mom, this whole, t- like, come on, you knew I wasn't, you know, like, <laughs> so. Yeah. Cause that yeah. it's part of the, as you were talking about like, the societal pressures of yeah. college and the expectation of parents right. for their children to go to college. Cause obviously I would say it's definitely changed in the last like five to six years mm-hmm. where the, the narrative was always go to college, get the degree yeah. and you'll be fine. And now people are kind of awakening to the fact that we've kind of been sold a false dream Yeah, that a lot of people are suffering that have degrees that aren't even working in the careers that they went for um, crippling student loan debt, mm-hmm. like all these expectations force a lot of kids, including myself to, to go to college, to pursue stuff. And you're 18 signing a loan that could be anywhere from 10, 20, <laughs> 30, up to a hundred thousand dollars by oh, the end yeah. of it. And you don't know about interest rates. You don't know about any of that stuff. Luckily, I eventually learned about it in my career field with accounting finance. And I, um, I obviously, if I wasn't good at budgeting, that'd be a problem as an accountant. I was able to budget and I paid off my student loans yeah. this summer and like, I'm done with them. They're gone. Nice. And, but I know most people aren't like me. Most people aren't aware of this. Most people can't afford to do that either. Mm-hmm. Obviously I've had a lot of situations that have allowed me opportunity to do that. And I've been able to put aside money to pay for that. But that's part of the issue in society. So I think it's really great that one, at least your dad was very supportive about the the concept and the belief in you to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that's really huge when you're trying to begin something that is kind of a little bit daunting at first, like yeah. to say that you're going to be a country singer, you're going to pre- pursue music. That's, that's kind of scary to like say at first to just kind of admit to the, like the, the world to yourself. Like obviously you probably knew it internally, but to kind of start speaking it and to obviously face some pushback from people. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. I could feel that in the way that when I first thought about doing podcasts, we were like, what the fuck are you going to do a podcast for? Yeah. Like, what are you going to talk about? And I always like to reference my second episode with my late grandfather, James Carroll senior. He was the, one of the first people to just buy into it mm-hmm. was like, that's really cool. Like I remember I was telling you a little bit about my journey to do the podcast. When I came back from Georgia, I had lunch with him mm. before my cousin's like football game, like a JV game. And I told him about everything I was going to do. And I wanted him to be a, like a guest on. And he was so down. And at that point he was just diagnosed with brain cancer at the time. Mm. So he was very introspective on the podcast and I got to capture. I didn't realize at the time, but I got to capture the most beautiful podcasts that I have to this day. Mm. And I even got his quote tattooed on me, take a chance because his advice basically was, if you're not doing something that you love or you want to try something different to take that chance, to take that leap of faith, because you don't want to live with the the regret Regret. of not trying. And Mm -hmm. I've kind of bought into the idea that I'd rather live with the failure of trying than the regret of not. And I think that's a powerful message for people that want to pursue stuff. And I think what you're doing with your music is honestly so amazing, especially at the age that you're starting with, because that's like the hardest time to do it, especially with the the pressures of college, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's a lot to kind of handle. So how did you kind of start pivoting after like you graduated? What was kind of the process to start 
like obviously you wrote the song and stuff, but how did you start pursuing the the career per se? Let me go back. Um, I think it was just a lot of writing and like running to the studio and, um, you know, once your focus changes, you need to surround your eyes and ears and yourself with that. So whether that means social social media or, um, you know, who you surround yourself with or whatnot, like those were all factors. And, um, you know, I talk about this a lot. It was more than just a switch to country music, um, but it was kind of like almost an epiphany I had in life. So it was like, okay, no, this is, this is who I'm going to be because I, I wasn't myself, you know, and I was like really identified with principles of country music and that affected me in more ways than, you know, just how I was presenting my music or my style or whatever, like it changed, you know, it, it was a maturity thing for me. And it was like, okay, this is who you are, like, stop fighting it. And so it was, it was that it was like how I was acting, who I was surrounding myself with. Um, you know, I spiced up my style a little bit. But um, I will say it definitely. Like I said, you need to, when you change your focus, it's important to do that also on social media. So like my demographic had to change. My focus had to change. So, you know, like a week after I'm like all excited about this new stuff. Like, you know, everything on my feed is like country, 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 country. Like I had to filter through all my followers, you know, and, and follow people I wanted to be looking up to and getting inspired by and, and, you know, you need to like literally be a sponge and absorb as much possible, like, insight and information from whatever niche you're trying to pursue. So that's what I immediately did. And, you know, then you become that. And so that along with just writing and writing and writing, and I was like, damn, like writing country songs is fun. And like, this is so easy. And like, I can just do it. And, and I've had this guitar this whole time. Why haven't I been using it? And, and so I just like ran to the studio with all these songs and, you know, they're pretty trash looking at them now, but like, you know, so Everyone adjusted to it, and they were like, you know, I was the only country singer at the studio, and they are like, what the heck? But, um, yeah, it was just, like, coming up with as many songs as I could, and not even really intentionally. It was just flowing out of me, and so just all of that at once just, like, invented this new Hope Shanley, and it's been pretty cool since, so. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing a, a fantastic job of, like, recreating or wherever you're creating who you were to who you are now. And I think you need to do that when you're pursuing something. I, re mm. I like to reference a, a similar point when I was talking about this podcast, when I created it, I had to like push back on people of when I moved back home, they wanted to put me back in that box of who I was. Yeah. That's you. You can't allow that. You have to be that new person authentically all the time. And you have to just kind of like insert that personality. Like, this is what I do. I podcast, like I talk to people, I promote mental health. Like this is my thing now. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe it. Yeah. Like if you don't believe it, no one else is going to buy into it. Yeah. Like I could imagine if you wanted to do it and you were kind of like somewhat nervous, your dad might've been a little bit more hesitant with like being, Hey, maybe you should, 
look at this, but mm-hmm. being so passionately down for it definitely inspires other people to believe in you. Cause yeah. like that belief is what fire fires everybody up mm-hmm. and helps push the momentum. Cause momentum is real. If you get that momentum pushing in the right direction, good things do happen. And I think that's what you've created. And you might say those original songs are trash, but it's part of the journey. Like I look right. back at my first oh, few yeah. episodes, they're, they're trash. They're yeah. terrible. <laughs> but like in hindsight, are they really trash or are they really part of the learning process of figuring yeah. out how to podcast? Yes. You're yeah. figuring out how to produce and write your own music and publish it. That's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's trash to us as creators, but those are going to be the most valuable pieces as we start to age and grow with our content because yeah. we get to reflect on how far we've come with it. And I can only imagine the maturity stuff, the maturity growth you should you probably feel going through this process over mm-hmm. writing all these different songs, feeling all these different experiences and then turning those experiences into songs as well. Yeah. Um, what were some of your inspirations to start writing? Like, I know you mentioned Taylor Swift a little bit. Yeah. Um, what, what are come kind of, Jesus, what are some <laughs> of your inspirations with the music? Um, I, I think Taylor definitely has always been a big inspiration for me in the way that she, it's just so to the point. And I will say between, you know, I wasn't introduced to like Johnny Cash until, you know, recent years. I shouldn't say introduced, but taken and an ear to. Um, so like growing up with Taylor, I always just, I think between Taylor and Miley, um, like they've, I've just always kind of identified with them and, I don't know. I just always saw myself in them in different ways. And, you know, of course I grew up with that just all in front of my face and all the girls probably wanted to be them. But, um, I will say that Miley's confidence and her kind of like silly personality definitely has always reminded me of myself. And then the way that Taylor writes, um, how she's like a little bit quirky, a little bit out there, a little daring and like, will just say the thing like she'll throw someone's name in there or she'll throw like the exact thing that happened so I I was like that's cool because I would so do that and I do <laughs> so um I think she's definitely always been an inspiration to me and just how she handles herself also and then the way that Johnny tells stories and is again just blunt um is very inspirational to me and uh, like when I tell you I am not at all where I want to be with writing um it's definitely a struggle a lot of times but and I don't know if any of that is reflected in my writing yet but definitely like you know Taylor Johnny Cash even you know I'm trying to learn more poetry style like Zach Bryan and stuff um so yeah, I just try to kind of take it all in from all different aspects, but Taylor's always been my girl for sure. I definitely see the, it's almost like the combination of Taylor and Miley, now that you say that, like I definitely can hear in the music and almost like visually, like kind of like the mix between the two. I'm like, yeah, the vibe and the energy. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can kind of get that, honestly. Like yeah. growing up, obviously the Canada Montana was like such a big thing. I even yeah. watched it. I can't lie. But like, um, I mean, obviously Taylor Swift has been more in the the limelight the last several years, especially with like the Travis Kelsey Super Bowl mm-hmm. situation. So like <laughs> I definitely see 
that comparison and that inspiration in what you do. And I think those are two great artists to emulate when you're trying to pursue this this endeavor of country music because mm-hmm. there's both pieces that, that you could take from both of them and their careers and apply and learn from them. Yeah. And what you said about the bluntness, I think that is so key in whatever you do is because mm-hmm. it goes back to the authenticity of who you are as a person. Yeah. Because if you're able to just say the thing, mm-hmm. people are going to respect you and relate to that. Yeah. Because most people won't say the thing. <laughs> Obviously, it's understandable with saying certain things, people are going to get offended by it, but sometimes it takes offending to actually create the art. Oh, yeah. So you, sometimes you have to push the boundary and then maybe you touch the stove every once in a while, you get yeah. burned. But it's getting ready to push that boundary further and further is what's going to make you a better artist because mm-hmm. if you just stay in the box, stay in the pocket, just write what you write and stick, just stay there comfortable, you're never going to grow to the places that you ultimately want to, to grow to. So pushing those boundaries and the bluntness, I thought those were so key as you were talking. I was like, wow, that like really resonated with me because mm. I just start to think back of early in the podcast where I swear a lot and mm-hmm. um, I forget who exactly. I know my mom was one of them was like, you should probably not swear as much. <laughs> I'm just like, this is just like kind of who I am. Right. Like I'm not trying to water down my personality mm-hmm. to, <clears throat> excuse me, dry throat, but water down who I am to fit a narrative. Right. So, damn, hold on. <laughs> water down. Oh, man, I was like choking <laughs> right there. But like, Oh, man, might have to edit this one out. I usually don't edit, but <laughs> That's okay. I'm struggling right here. <laughs> That's all right. But the point I was making with the bluntness is so key. And talking about the writing part and a little bit of the struggles with it, what are the, what's some of the process with writing? I know you referenced including stuff into that the writing process, but mm-hmm. where do you get your inspiration with writing? So... I think that's something that I am definitely learning a lot more recently is there is not always going to be inspiration, but when I do have inspiration, I almost don't even, it doesn't feel inspiring (laughs) until there's a product because the only time that I can truly like fully write a song is when I am like just like outraged with emotion or like having an actual mental breakdown or you know what I mean like there has to be a super overwhelming feeling for me to spit out a song and pretty much every song that you see out on platforms by me was a result of that other than I think one song happily ever after all that I have out um you know, that was written, that was the first co-write I did too. So a little different, but like, that's the only song that I haven't just like breathed out and it just like came about kind of thing. Cause like, I'll sit down and be like, Oh, I can't get this out of my head. I need to write. And then I'll write it and then it'll be done. And then I like, you know, run to the studio as soon as I can. Um, and then it's just done. It's out there. And the rest of times when I am trying to write, It's never finished. It never is complete. It's either doesn't have music or it's like a weirdly rhymed poem or like makes absolutely no sense. And like, I couldn't tell you 
how many probably almost thousands of between notes and scrap paper and and voice memos I have of like potential great songs I don't know that are just discarded because if I don't have that overwhelming feeling to get me through the song like it's gonna stay there until maybe I'll dig it up someday I don't know but for me I've been in a very like place uh, a place more of like stillness I guess lately so that's why I've and having a lot of writer's block and so I'm trying to work through that and figure out how to write even when you have nothing to write about there's always something to write about but um, I think for songwriters it's it's very real learning how to just be disciplined in it and write even when you don't have the inspiration and don't have the passion Um, and I, I still struggle with it I always will but for me that's how I write songs i need to be you know feeling it <laughs> yeah have you ever have you heard of russ like the, the yes. rapper i like the way that he approached the music aspect was mm. especially early on writing and posting like a song a week that discipline aspect and slowly yeah. obviously he's independent he really built his brand by himself to do it that way mm. and obviously the time period he was doing it was different. SoundCloud was a little SoundCloud was like really popular back mm-hmm. then and like he didn't have like the TikTok or the Vines, or the right. Instagrams that we do today. But I think him as an artist is a perfect person to kind of like look at when when you're thinking about the writing craft. Because mm-hmm. like not every one of those songs was a hit. Right. But it was to continually work the muscle. And I yeah. think I've gone through that same process with podcasts. Sometimes you just don't want to do it. Sometimes you just tough to schedule the people to edit the podcast mm-hmm. to post it it's sometimes can feel like a job like it's frustrating yeah and it feels more like a job than a passion sometimes but we kind of were talking about this like discipline regimen aspect of things and I think that is really key when you're working especially whether it's writing or podcasting or going to the gym whatever it is is that constant doing the thing mm-hmm. you got to keep doing the thing because as soon as you start getting off of it you're not going to want to do it. Yeah. I get a little bit lazy. And, yeah. and I can imagine with writing too, you want those experiences to write about mm-hmm. because those are going to be the easiest things to write about, especially right. if it's like more of an emotional feel to it where you can kind of put it out there and you can yeah. really feel it. Cause I, I think for me, a lot of the music I resonate with typically would have been more sad stuff if I've go, if I was going through something. Right. But for me, over the last several years, and I think what the direction you're going with country music is a great direction. I've even gone to more country. Obviously, moving to Texas kind of helped, but like mm-hmm. the vibe of it is just better. Mm-hmm. The sound of it's just better. You're hearing people actually sing yeah. versus I was up, brought up with like Lil Wayne and rapper, like yeah. Eminem, and like this is the Drake. This was like the generation of like rappers going up, and I was like, kind of just sucked into it. Yeah. And then I mean, I'm mainstream. I like Morgan Wallen. I like Luke Holmes. I like Zach Bryan. Um, trying to think of this. I mentioned Matt Schuster, this upcoming yeah. TikTok artist. I think he has real potential. But I think country is becoming what rap was. Oh, yeah. Several years ago. Country's cool again. Lady yeah, and Wilson it's coming just back. Wrote that song, yep. I mean, look at Beyonce. She just dropped a country oh, song. So, like, yeah. you got that. You got artists looking at country. And I guess she's from Texas. So, like, I mean, I guess there's some influence there is what I was reading online because people were obviously hating on it. But obviously the quote unquote beehive is all like, this is great. Yeah. But I think 
I mean, even look at what Taylor Swift was. He really was country and transitioned mm-hmm. to a little bit more poppy kind yeah. of feel mm-hmm. and kind of flirts between the two right. with, with her music. But I think this the country genre is definitely where you want to be as an artist right yeah. now. And I think obviously you have the voice for it and um, the direction you're going is very positive. Switching gears a little bit with this, we were talking off podcast about religion. And yes. a lot of you talking, so some of your music is influenced a little bit with a little bit of religion. So kind of talk to me a little bit about your religion, what you believe in. And I think it's great for people to listen to this type of stuff because yeah. I've said on the podcast lately is what's missing in society right now is the faith or belief in something. Mm-hmm. And I think we were really having a great discussion off podcast and mm-hmm. I really want to bring this to the podcast. So yeah. if you can go into it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, where to start? Um, I will start off with, and I don't mean this in an offensive way to you. I hate the word religion for describing me personally. I didn't want to I, say the wrong religion. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I know, I know. I, everyone just calls it that because you wouldn't know any different. But um, I wanted to point that out because I recently was found a new way to say it, relationship. Um, because growing up, I we we never really liked using that word because we always felt like you know, religion was portrayed as like something, I I need to actually look up the actual book definition, but it always felt like a rigid word with like rules and ceremonies and it scared people and stuff. And so we just never really felt like that was what we followed, I guess. But um, I will say that I have a relationship with Jesus and that I have a very strong faith in God. And I believe that you know, Jesus died for our sins. And I know that that's a huge concept. We don't have to get into all of that. But I will say that having a relationship with Jesus in my life has greatly built a foundation for me. Um, And it doesn't make you perfect. It doesn't make you anything, really. It's not actually about who we are. It's about who he is and having a firm foundation to rely on. And regardless of everything that I have been through and messed up on and encountered, he has never left my side. And I really am terrified of the person I would be to this day if I didn't have God in my life. (laughs) Because even with God in my life, I've done some pretty messed up stuff, you know. And um, I've had the Lord in my life since I was, I think, eight years old. And Again, I know some people don't understand how you could maybe comprehend something that large at that young. But for me personally, I've just had that connection with the Holy Spirit since I was that young. And, you know, I'm thankful that I grew up in the church. It's actually named after my church, New Hope. Um, And it's just made such a great difference in my life. And obviously, I can't remember much before I didn't have it in my life. but I will say that principles and, and values and morals that I have come from that. And it affects how I love people, how I treat people, how I treat relationships. Forgiveness is huge. Um, and just having purpose in life is so important. And I think that what so many people today lack is knowing purpose, knowing their purpose in life. And, you know, how, how are you supposed to know? You don't. 
Um, maybe something works for you and you go with that. But, you know, there's just, there's always going to be that void, I think, for people until you find, you know, for me, like, I know who my creator is. I know that I was made beautifully in his image and that I have this strength because of him. And I would be, you know, a shrub without him, really, realistically, because I know what I'm capable of and it ain't pretty, you know? So without those boundaries and these um, morals and just having something that you're constantly trying to learn from, I think is just so important. And for me, I just, I don't know what I would do without it, truthfully. And for anyone that knows me, knows I'm very far from perfect. Um, but I'm blessed to say that every day I wake up and I know that I have grace to start again and to be better than I was yesterday and that I'm forgiven for whatever I did the day before and that there will never be a record held for me, you know, and I think that, sorry to, you know, maybe I'm going off a little bit, but I think that a lot of people maybe view God as someone who almost looks down on us and like, like we should we we should fear him in a, in a different way than you think. But I think that we think of him as like someone who's like constantly holding a record on us and, and maybe judging us or something. But like the reality is God loves us. He made us and he knows who we are better than we know ourselves. And I think when you come to terms with that, you develop such a lovely relationship with him and you feel that love that you really can't get from people of the world because it's just not possible because we're all flawed and we sin and that's just who we are. That's the earth that we live on. But being connected with someone, something that is much greater than we could ever be or imagine is just really beautiful. And it's really changed my life. Yeah. I want to thank you for being willing to talk about this because I know this is such a, can be such a hot button topic for a lot of people because that's just the way our world is these days. But I think you're so right in the sense that a lot of people could really benefit from having these principles and morals. And I would even say a lot of what I was raised on with my faith was based on that. Mm. Um, I'm very lucky and I've talked about this on different podcasts. My parents didn't force me into any specific faith and I was allowed to step away from it. And that's probably why I don't hold resentment towards it as some people might. But those beliefs in the higher power, the belief in that something is greater than myself, that we're working towards something, something positive. That's what kind of why I felt called to do this was I felt called to kind of connect with people, relate to people, talk to people on like a personal level, because what I felt was lacking was empathy and sympathy for people. I've gone through my life where I didn't feel seen and heard in certain instances. And I wanted to give people the opportunity to talk about themselves in a way Mm -hmm. to highlight the good things that we do to highlight that we all have a story and that motivation ties into purpose. Cause when I was moved away, I was very lacking of purpose. I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know who I was and that causes a lot of darkness and that can bring you into dark places to do dark things and to crawl out of that. Some people never crawl out of that. So I consider myself lucky enough to have crawled out of a space to do that, but I never say you should believe in this or that. But lately I felt called to kind of talk about whether you want to say spiritual or a specific type of belief. belief. Yeah. It's, it, there's just something that we need to unite people under to to 
kind of push our society forward in a positive way yeah. because obviously we introduce social media and the internet and it's done some great things. We can't deny that, but it's also highlighted some of the nasty things about human nature yeah. that we have come to see. And I think the thing that we really have needed was a conversation about faith, belief systems, mm. what can unite people going right. forward. And I think you've hit on some really great points with that because it's it's those morals that keep people from doing those bad things. I know right. that you kind of mentioned that a little bit. Mm. And some of the, the worst things that I've ever done was when I wasn't believing in anything, where mm. I was just believing in that I'm the center of my universe. Like right. I'm the person. Like it's it's very selfish. It's very narcissistic. And that's what our culture has pushed. Our culture has pushed a very individualistic. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually a, a whole different tangent yeah. we can get into. <laughs> because as someone who represents mental health, yes, I believe you should love yourself. Yes, I should believe that concept. But people's self-worship is the problem. Yeah. And that is where you can bring in the faith aspect is you are not God. Like that's, no. and there's a lot of people on social media that you'll see that quite literally feel like they are. Oh yeah. And they have a follower base yeah. to validate why they feel that way, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I think even someone like, could be a stretch because I don't know as a person, but someone like Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. like doesn't come across as someone who is a God or a goddess or whatever you yeah. want to say. She doesn't have that persona about her. She has right. a huge following, but it's, right. that's not who she is. Right. And I think that's a, a, obviously, like I said, I don't know her, but I think that's a good example to kind of highlight there yeah. with, with faith. Um, how does faith tie into the music? How does it inspire your music in any way? I think that a big part of my purpose is to sing. Um, it's like the whole realm of my being. So I think that I mean, obviously, I've, like I, I don't know if I said this off podcast or not, but I've been a worship leader singing at my church for five, oh, I think maybe six years. Um, so I do definitely use music to worship the Lord also. Um, but what I have learned is even when I'm not singing just worship music, um, it still can glorify God and, and be for you know, your purpose and, and his plan for you. So I think that if it's genuine and coming from my heart, um, you know, that still is for his glory. And yeah, it definitely ties into like just the heart that he gave me, you know, it's who I am. I'm someone with a very deep intellectual, emotional being. And that obviously pours into my writing and being so attached with music. And so I do believe that he's given me certain gifts to be able to do what I love and, and hopefully, you know, that it would affect other people in a positive way. And so I'm still trying to navigate, you know, what kind of music he wants me to make and what, you know, to touch on specifically. But I will say that me having, I think, such a big deep heart um goes into my music i hope it is portrayed that way and that's the heart that he gave me and that's just who i am so yeah and and anytime that i feel like you know, I, there are definitely some songs where i mentioned my faith like faith in the go way god made me i think i said in blood runs deeper or, um 
yeah, it's just like he gives me the strength, he gives me the faith, he gives me the heart that I have, and that all ties into my music. Yeah, I think trusting that he's guiding you on a path that's best for you yeah. is such a fantastic belief to have, too, because at the end of the day, you always know you're going to be okay. Right. And I've always said that on, I said that, I don't know if it was last podcast, the one before, is that I have that belief within myself, no matter what, no matter how things go. Yeah. I know I'm a good person. I know things will be okay. Mm-hmm. I know I work hard. I know I do the right thing when I can. Right. And I think a lot, of, like I said, a lot of those beliefs stem from my faith when I was a child and those things that I was taught early on. Whether, And I think a lot of people's morals in general are stemmed from uh, whether it's Christianity or some type of maybe other faith. I've started to stay mm-hmm. away from the word religion now. And now I'm going to try to be more cautious of that. No, no, no. You get No, I think, I think it's appropriate though because there is a, a negative connotation on the word religion yeah. inherently. Which, which I don't think is how it originally is, but... Even, I don't want you to be afraid to say no, that No, even to nowadays, anyone. though. But even nowadays, though, in general, too, people do get, like, <laughs> triggered almost when you bring yeah. up religion or something True. religious. True. And, like, I was talking to uh, my last guest, uh, Sam, on the podcast last week about um, Islam and how I was like, I, I can appreciate their their faith in the way that they believe what they believe. Yeah. They stick by it, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. They believe what they believe, and mm-hmm. I can respect that. Right. And no one tries to mess with with their god or their religion and like on some level i can respect that as yeah. as a as a person that your foundation your fundamentally your fundamental beliefs are what you truly believe and you stick by them obviously there's gonna be outliers that that sin and do what they want right. to do and that they claim that they're religious and they believe what they believe but uh, I don't, i'm not talking about those people essentially right. we are getting towards the back end of the podcast mm-hmm. and i want to touch a little bit um on social media a little bit mm-hmm. with the content that you're making the music that you're making, how do you navigate this space? Because I know we were talking a little bit off podcast about TikTok and stuff like that. Um, how challenging it? How challenging has it been for you to kind of take your music and try to like promote it as like a self marketer? It's definitely been challenging, but also fun. Um, I will say that social media is a blessing and a curse. It's very frustrating, but like I said, very fun also. Um, I've always been a creative person. I've always loved editing photos and making video clips and adding music to things and all sorts of stuff. So now that that is um, so marketable right now and and so, um, I can't find the word, but popular, I guess, um, it's it's been helpful that like I can kind of do all these sorts of things. Um, I've kind of was doing it anyway, but now it's like, okay, like people kind of care about this stuff. So I've really, really, really been trying with my content on Instagram, on TikTok, especially. Um, and I'm not always very good at it. I feel like I'm somehow missing all the trends and I feel like a grandma, but, um, (laughs) I'm just trying to be as authentic online as possible. Um, but also appeal to my audience. So that's always going to be, like trying to, fi- I'm always going to be trying to figure that out. Um, so as the waves come and go, I'll be doing what I can. But I care and pour a lot into um, my content. So I'm trying to be entertaining, I suppose, and marketable in all forms possible because I know that I have that ability. So if you want to follow me because you don't like my music but you like my pictures, go for it. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I'm trying to be a do all the trades, I guess. Yeah, I, I think can. that's the best way to approach it yeah. though, is like you're not trying to be someone specific, you're trying to be you. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to approach social media as someone who's fell in the trap of social media to post content to get followers. Yeah. Like my TikTok was that for a long time, as I was telling you. And making the switch to just organically post my podcast this yeah. past year has been the best thing because now I'm able to kind of take the stuff that I say on my like my platform mm-hmm. and be able to share it online and showcase who I actually am and not this sad relationship person who is just struggling to find someone. Luckily yeah. I have an amazing girlfriend now, yeah. <laughs> but like that content back then did serve a purpose and it, it taught me a lot of lessons about content in general and social media and it helped me cope a little bit, but it also taught me the negatives too. Yep. And I would be a fool not to apply those to my life currently and move forward with that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like you said, it's a blessing and a curse. It's it's here to stay as far as we know. Uh, we'll see what happens with AI and how that <laughs> translates things forward. I saw that they're oh. now doing video with AI and it, it looks it looks pretty real. It was kind of scary how, how real it looks. So we'll see how that goes. But oh, Lord. social media is here to stay and it's yep. it's a part of what we do. So I think what you're doing with your content is probably the best case scenario. And I think you'll be very successful with it. Obviously, we're using your TikTok live and stuff and trying to engage your followers and mm. you're doing the things that you need to be doing. Yep. Um, like we talked about off air, you'll work on things that you need to work on. And I think yep. ultimately you're going to get to the places that you need to get to with, with your content. Yeah, I hope so. I want to start bringing us home with this podcast. Mm. Um, I do have one more question for you um, regarding passion, but is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to mention? I know we're going to do it like your shout your music and stuff at the end, but. No, I think I'm pretty content. Okay, good. I just don't like to skip over anything if you missed anything. Um, So Hope, the last question I have for you is, what would your advice be for someone who wants to pursue their passion? I think my best advice is if you feel so strongly about something that you can't shake the feeling for a long period of time especially – if it feels natural and it feels like it is embodied in you, then you can't run from it, even if you try. So I think that it sounds simple, but I want viewers to listen to this. You know yourself better than anyone, obviously. Listen to yourself. Um you know, desires come and go, but I think when you feel something so strongly that it embodies you as a whole and as a being, and you know that it is just who you are, like, just, I I, I don't know, like, you you can't run from it, so you might as well pursue it. Like, you know, I tried to kind of take a different path, and I just, I couldn't do it. Like you, you could have held a gun to my head and I would have been like, mm, I'll take my chances. Like, you know, so just listen to that feeling that you have. Um, you know, definitely don't be quick to jump the gun or anything. Um, meditate or pray over it, but you know yourself better than anyone and have that confidence, even if people don't understand it quite yet. I think that's fantastic advice for people who want to pursue their passion. And I appreciate you not saying just go for it because I saw <laughs> yeah. you, you you wanted to say it. It looked like right there. And it would have been fine to say it right there. And I didn't want to interrupt it because it was so good. And I was like, I'm like she's trying not to say it right there. And I thought that was so funny. But again, I appreciate you for coming on the, this podcast. Yeah. I appreciate you for 
uh, getting into the topics that we got into, I want to allow you the chance to kind of plug your music and plug your platforms. Cool. Yeah. My name is obviously Hope Shanley. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, pretty much any platform. Google is the most efficient. Um, it'll pop up with all my links. I just released a new song. It's called All Yours. Um, and stay tuned for a music video for that. Let's go. Check it out, please. I would appreciate it. Hope would appreciate it. And if you guys like the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your grandma. Check it out. The Cow Connection, <laughs> not simplecast.com. Also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms. If you'd like to watch your podcast, go on YouTube, search The Carol Connection, or at Jared M. Carol, and it should pop up for you. And if you want to be a guest or return as a guest, hit me up on Instagram at Jared M. Carol or at The Carol Connection, and we'll set that up. So, till next time, guys. Peace. Peace.